Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello. I'm going to apologize in advance because it is fucking windy right now, like super fucking windy. I thought me and George were going to blow away when I took him out before oh, no. we set up to Flying record. Corgi. It is so windy. And then I got Lizzie, the kitten, acting a fool right now. Her nickname is Demon Floof, but we love her. But that's her nickname because she's crazy and gets like super hyper. So if you hear little like pet, pet, pets. It's her. But yes, hello. Welcome. If you're new here, thank you for checking out the show. And you just learned about two of the multiple podcast animals that's a part of this family. (laughs) (laughs) It was like too many to count. (laughs) And returning spooksters, welcome back. We are so happy to have you. Today is this month's installment of Listener's Encounters. If you don't know what that is, each and every month, the last Monday, we read your guys' stories. And we are always taking submissions. If you would like to email one in, you can send that to threespookgirls at gmail.com. And we have our live show coming up. It will be, this is the 28th, so it'll be like this coming Saturday. Yes, Mm -hmm. the 5th, the 5th. Come hang out with us. Tickets are $14. We're going to talk some true crime and have a QA. and a It's going to be tons of fun. And if you would like to hang out with us on social media, there is a link tree in the show notes because I know someone said like, I didn't get to write down the handles. Don't worry. Go to the link tree. All our stuff's there. But we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle Three Spooked Girls. And Jessica is Spooky Aunt Jessie, J-E-S-S-Y, on TikTok. And I am Spooky underscore Sleuth. If you would like to support the show, you can go to the link tree as well or patreon.com backslash Three Spooked Girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. And Five and Up is our video content. And also, we never mention, but it's a thing now. For Five and Up patrons, we do ad-free episodes, and typically they go up the day before the episode hits the main feed. I'm not going to always promise that because, you know, life. But so far, that is what's happened. So if you would like to support us in our spooky and true crime endeavors, get ad-free episodes, hang out with us on live streams, get video content, starting at our $5 tier is where it's at, and it goes up from there. But that's really all I got. So I'm going to give it over to Jess to read us our first story. Okay. Our first story comes from Carly. Hey, ghouls. My name is Carly, and I found your podcast last July. And I'm proud to say I binged all 285 episodes on Spotify 
and just now finished. Wow. Dang. I, th- I think we have surpassed that by now. Yes. Bit, maybe. Yeah, there's over 300 now. I'm really picky with my podcast, and I couldn't find the right one until I found you guys, and I freaking love your content. Anyways, Yay. let's get to my story. Thank you. Well, we appreciate that you love our content. Mm-hmm. I want to start off by saying I believe in spirits, ghosts, demons, guardian angels, but I've never had an experience with any of that. I've never seen, felt, or heard anything, not even dreams of past loved ones. So my story isn't exactly spooky, but I do believe it's something. My papa passed away January 29th, 2020. He was suffering from really bad dementia and he was in hospice. My grandparents live in Idaho and my parents, siblings, and I live in Arizona. This all happened so fast, so my mom and I booked our flights for the next day to see him before he passed because we knew he wouldn't have long. Soon after we booked our flights, we got a text from my grandma saying he's gone. My mom and I were very heartbroken because we couldn't be there to say goodbye. We still went to Idaho just so we could see our family. Some people have told us that he knew we were coming and he didn't want us to see him that way. What I'm about to tell you plays an important part later. My mom and I drove from Mesa, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada. We flew from Las Vegas to Spokane, Washington. Side note, the reason we did this way is because the flights were so much cheaper than flying out of Phoenix. And my grandma picked us up from the airport and drove us to her home in Idaho. During our drive from Mesa to Vegas, the conversation between my mom and I was minimal. When we did talk, it was about Papa or Grandma. Every second from when we left Mesa to when my grandma picked us up from the airport felt so slow and didn't feel real. I just remember every little thing throughout the whole time, even to this day. I will say that that's true. Like when my parents died, like everything felt like it was moving at this. It's hard to describe. Like mm-hmm. everything feels like it's moving at the same speed, but it's somehow slowed down. Yeah. It's like the feeling of having like a half day of school. Ugh. But like the ne- but if it was negative. Yeah. Okay. So here's where it gets crazy. My papa's birthday was May 21st. So fast forward to the day before his birthday, which is my birthday. Hmm. I had a very vivid dream. It started the same exact way as it did from when my mom and I drove from Mesa to Vegas. It felt like it was the same five-ish hours, minimal talking, same things I saw during our drive, same conversation. And when we got to Vegas, we parked the car and we walked into the airport and we waited for our flight. It was like I was reliving the nightmare all over again. It felt so real and went exactly the way it did in real life. When we finally got to Spokane, my grandma was there to pick us up from the airport to take us home. Except we didn't go home. She took us to see Papa. There he was, waiting for my mom and I in his hospital bed, in a hospital gown, looking just as I remembered him. In my dream, he hugged my mom and I and said he loves us very much. I remember his touch in my dream, his voice and his smile. I do believe my dream was my papa reaching out to tell me he was okay. I think he was trying to show me the goodbye I wanted. It just felt so real, and I never forgot the dream. My mom, however, hasn't dreamed or felt him, so I'm not sure why she hasn't, but I have. I was told it may be because I've accepted it and she might not have. I get chills every time I tell this story. It's my favorite one to tell. Thank you for reading my story. I hope it wasn't too long. Nah, it was fine, but it also oh, hit me oh. in the feels a lot. So. Oh. I'm going to go yeah. cry off camera now, guys, or off mic. Hmm. Okay, so my first story of the evening comes from Tilly. 
Tilly writes, Hi, Tara and Jess. I know how much you love haunted hotels, so I thought I would give you some inside scoops from the Algonquin Resort located in St. Andrews, New Brunswick, Canada. Yes, we love hotel and we love Canadian stories. So like, that's both. There are so many stories I could tell you about this place. Many paranormal teams and mediums have come to investigate. The hotel was first built in 1889 and burnt down in 1914. It was rebuilt and opened again in 1915. From this fire, only a few things were saved, including a piano that lives on the first floor today. The piano's keys are locked. There's a sliding cover that slides down and covers the keys, kind of like puts them in a box, if that makes sense, so that no one can play it. But you can somehow hear them being played from time to time and is said to be haunted. There are many old pictures around the hotel that when looked at closely, you can see ghosts in them. There's an old elevator that is haunted by a bellman Many people will be greeted by him as they enter, and he will help them with their luggage. When they call to the front desk to thank the man or give him gratuity, they are informed that there is no such bellman working. There's also a room that's haunted by a bride. I myself cannot enter this room. Anytime I had to do room drops, I would keep my foot on the door and stretch my arms out as long as I could to place the card or whatever it was I was delivering on the table. The energy in that, I'm laughing because (laughs) the... In my great-grandparents' house, they had, my grandma Betty's house, they had like this laundry room slash they had like those shelvings where they had like pantry stuff in. Mm-hmm. And me and my sister, me and my sister fucking hated it. So anytime we had to go take stuff like out to the laundry, we just like, we did the same thing with the door. <laughs> We're just like, eh, no, throw it. <laughs> I mean, I have that same experience, so but I feel. mine is... A little bit more redneck because you know how much I hate birds. Mine involved a chicken coop. So I was going to say, was it. it the chickens? Yeah. Tara oh my knew God. my fear of them and would have to occasionally mm-hmm. watch me get eggs. And I'd be like, I don't want to go in there. I hate birds. Uh, well, I mean, you got hit in the face by one at Disneyland. Yeah, I was like, so before anyone was like there. asked me. Like, birds and I have just never gotten along. Like, Mm-mm. someone's going to get pooped on by a seagull, it's me. If someone's <laughs> going to get, like, hit in the fucking, like, this. Literally okay, guys, in the I'm middle of Disneyland. <laughs> derailing. Sorry. So sorry that I'm taking over your story. But, like, Tara and I, it, it was a few years ago. It was my bachelorette weekend. Most of my friends had left. And it was me and Tara and her sister. And we were running around Disney. And I'm walking. And I take my sunglasses off for, like, I don't know, all of fucking 30 seconds to like wipe my eye or do something or clean my glasses. And I look up and a fucking sparrow just hits me in the fucking face, like right under my eye. And everyone, like her sister and her just like stood there and stared at me. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Like if they hadn't seen it, there was no way I could have convinced him it happened. Oh my God. It was, it was like, once I knew she was okay, it was literally the best thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, they they literally could not stop laughing. And I was like, this is hell on earth for me. A bird hit me in the face. (laughs) And to this day, I kind of feel like Disney owes me some sort of compensation. Right, fuck. I should have gotten a free (laughs) shit. I should have gotten free shit. (laughs) Anyways, back to the room. Okay, so the energy in that room is very bad. And I always got the feeling that she did not want me in there. And the she is the bride, just as our reminder since just can I side railed. (laughs) The fourth floor also always gives me heavy energy as well. I never liked going up there. The rooms are very small, the windows are small, and it has low ceilings. This is said to be where they kept the help. Now onto the real spooky stuff. 
I'm very connected to the spiritual world and can easily feel energies from entities, as you might have already assumed. When I first started working here, they gave us a free night stay. I asked my partner to join me because I figured he could give me a good tour. He had worked there for many, many years. I woke up at 3 a.m., yes, the worst time to wake up, with the TV flashing static noise. We didn't have the TV on before we went to bed. The lamp was flashing because something had moved the switch so that it was in the middle between on and off. I tried to wake my partner up because I felt like there was something in the room with us. He barely woke up to turn the TV up and shut the lamp off and quickly fell back asleep. I think that was supposed to say turn the TV off too. I don't know. It's fine. I was terrified, but all I could do was cuddle close and try to fall asleep and hope for the best. In the basement, there's a tunnel that's said to be haunted by a little boy. In fact, many people believe this is where Stephen King got his idea for The Shining since he lived not too far away in Maine. The little boy is known to be a prankster. The first time my partner took me to the tunnel, I struggled to get to the end. And when I did, the energy was so scary, the only thing I could do was run back. I mean, you're braver than me. Truth. This tunnel led from the basement of the hotel to the residence where I was living at the time, and I was the only person living there. I never felt alone, and I constantly felt like I was being watched. Thankfully, I was only alone for about a week or two, then quickly moved in with my partner. Later that year, my partner was touring a medium around the hotel and took her down to the tunnel. At the end of the tunnel, there is a door that is locked up and no one has ever been in there. She said the door was locked for a reason and that it should never be opened because whatever evil entity is in there should not be let out. There was also a staircase leading down to the pub that always gave me and my friends bad energy. She told my partner that there was bad energy here and that there was a secret room under the stairs that has been concealed and hidden. After hearing this, we confirmed it with the maintenance people and unfortunately, there is no way of ever getting to it. I mean... I wouldn't want to get to that, but (laughs) that's just me. (laughs) I won't apologize for how long this is because I know you guys enjoy the lengthy ones, but that's all I have for now. I definitely recommend staying here if you ever get the chance. And yes, we do offer ghost tours. Sometime in the future, I will write to you about the haunted apartment I lived in from age eight until 17 and about how the hat man has followed my mom and me throughout our lives. Spirits tend to follow me. And fun fact, my mom is a medium and she was born dead. Um, excuse me. I need the mom story like yesterday. Yeah, like you can't just be like, mm, and my mom was born dead. No, the fuck that noise. Tell stories, please. And then they said, until next time, stay spooky, friends. Toodles. <laughs> like how they're just like, by the way, here's Bob. Toodles. <laughs> I like that she said toodles because every like everyone's yes. on this kick where we're signing off. I'm like toodles, and I'm like, I don't uh, know. Whatever you say, I love it. And yes, please send the other stories whenever you have time. We'd love to read them. Yes. Okay, so my next story is going to come from Eric. Hey, spooky ladies. I grew up in a trailer park, which seems to have some paranormal activity, or at least in the area of the park that I lived in, since later we would learn from two of our neighbors that they too had some experiences in their place. For the sake of time, I will share only one of the few experiences that I remember. It was during the summertime. My mom and I were sitting on the porch while my younger brother and his friend, who were about nine at the time, were playing on the trampoline. I love trampolines. It was late in the afternoon and the sun was setting. My mom and I heard my brother's friend say, did you see that? My brother responded with a solid yes. And a second later, they were both on the steps of the porch terrified. We lived on the last row of the trailer park. There was nothing but alfalfa fields beyond that. They both said they saw a girl in a white dress and black long hair walking towards the neighbor's house, and it appeared as if she had come from the alfalfa field. Fast forward to a couple of weeks later, my brother and I were home alone, and I was in my room. I walked into the living room and found my brother a little shaky. 
I asked him what was up, and he said he looked out the window and saw the same figure just below the porch. That's scary. Ew. Love your podcast, and I hope I can email more of the experiences we had while living there in the future. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Please do. Oh, my God. I am so freaked out by that. Ew. Okie dokie. All right. Well, y'all, I have two more stories. The second one's super short, but they're and they're different. They're things that are different. So this first one is written by a spookster and they sent the disclaimer, which I'm going to tell y'all because, you know, we don't do this. We only do real stories, but they actually wrote this story for us for the show. So we thought that was fucking cool. So obviously we're going to make an exception. So thank you, Spookster. You'll know who you are once I start reading it. Okay, so their story is titled The Shadow Man. The first time I remember seeing The Shadow Man, like the one everyone seems to be seeing, tall shadowy figure, dark brown hat, mid-calf length dark overcoat, was the summer before I moved into a newish house in Texas when I was just turning three. For some reason, I wasn't scared of him. I thought he was a friend, I guess. I never really talked to him in any other stories, but I remember him telling me not to tell my parents about him one time. This should have been a big red flag, but my young three-year-old mind thought it was a totally normal thing. After that, the shadow man, my dad named him Shade, thinking he was only my imaginary friend, would come almost every night after I was in bed and we would talk, which was mostly me telling him about whatever was going on in my life that day and him standing there silently staring at me, then walking out. One night when I was seven, I was having a sleepover with one of my closest friends. We're still friends, by the way. And I was telling her about Shade. When I told her he was there in the corner, she got really scared and demanded my dad take her home. I didn't understand why she was so scared. After all, he never did anything to hurt me. Although looking back, it's understandable. In my mind, he was harmless. He would just stand there in the corner, not even moving, until he walked out, silent as a ghost. Shade would keep coming back until I moved out of that house when I was 11. At first, I missed him in our conversations, but I soon forgot about him. I didn't see him again after that until about four months ago. I moved into my current apartment, which was built in the same ground of my old neighborhood, which was torn down about five years ago. Now, I have to explain how my house is laid out for this next part to make sense. When you walk in the front door, you go straight into my living room. To the right is the dining room, which is the same room as the kitchen. If you walk to the left and down the little hallway, you'll walk right into my room on the wall in front, and in front of you is my bed. The foot of the bed faces the closet, so I can see into it when I'm laying in bed. The first night I was in my house, I was laying in my bed on my phone, and I saw something moving in the closet, and when I looked up, I saw a shadow coming out of the closet. It floated out of the room and got bigger and bigger as it floated across my room. By the time it was in my doorway, it could make out a shape of the shadow man. The scariest encounter I ever had with Shade was a dream I had last night. In my dream, I heard some loud clattering in the kitchen like someone was throwing around pots and pans. Then it all stopped. Then I heard footsteps. Slow at first, then faster. Then it was full on running down the hallway towards my room. I woke up as he flew right above my head. When I woke up, I was too scared to move and just laid there all night until I had to get up for work. The whole night, he was sitting in my closet and I got the feeling he was laughing at me. I don't know why, it's just the sense I got. Once I moved in, other dreams, just like the one I described earlier, would happen, except I would wake up before he came into my room. I would mainly see him in the dark corners in my closet staring at me as I lay in bed. Not creepy at all. Wrestling around my kitchen and in the corners of my eyes. I will be moving out once my rent is up in about two months. I hope he doesn't follow me to the next home across the state. I also hope I survive the next two months to find out. 
that was good. I love it. Thank you, Spookster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was fun. Okay, so bonus nugget. So y'all, unless you're like brand new, this is the first episode you ever listened to. Y'all remember Jessica did the How Not to Get Murdered episode a little while back. Well, our spookster Michelle wrote in regarding that, and I thought it was useful, so I wanted to read it to you guys real quick. So Michelle writes, hey, ladies, just listening to the Valentine Stabby, and you mentioned holding something in your hand when punching. I've been taking practical karate for a while now, and we do a lot of self-defense with it. One thing we all found surprising was that you shouldn't hold your keys or anything in your hand when you punch someone Hmm. as you'll break your hand. The best thing to do is palm heal them open handed with the power of the bottom part of the palm and aim for the jaw. You're less likely to hurt yourself and the open palm will give you a much larger surface area than a fist, which also allows you to stick your fingers in their eyes too, etc. and cause more damage. Also, not sure if the rules are the same in the U.S. as they are here in the U.K., but holding an object ready isn't seen as an incidental weapon and leaves you open to blame for any harm you do cause. Anyway, love the podcast and you gals. Michelle. Damn. So I thought that was like some good info. So yeah. I wanted to share that with y'all. So yeah, those two, last two, they were fun. But yeah, no, I thought that was like super, I was like, damn, you're right. Because I have heard that and I totally forgot about that. But yeah, if you guys have any safety tips, please send them. That would be a cool episode. Uh-huh. If we like compiled spookster safety tips. Y'all want to do that. You know where to find us. But that is going to go ahead and wrap up this listener's episode for today. If you want to participate in that spooks or safety idea that just came to my brain, or you want to send in a listener story, whether it's paranormal, true crime, weird, what have you, that is a real life story that you or somebody in your family experienced, you can send it to threespookgirls at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Toodles. Toodles.